Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Welcome to the Qalam Podcast. You're listening to the series on the sufficient answer, the cures for spiritual sicknesses delivered by Sheikh Mikael Smith. In this series, Sheikh Mikael will be covering a beautiful book authored by Ibn Qayyim rahimahullahu ta'ala titled Al-Jawab Al-Kafi in which he not only addresses the very common yet extremely difficult issues of spirituality, but he also addresses the philosophical crises that people suffer through. Sheikh Mikail will lead us through this book and bring forth very beautiful and beneficial discussions. So listen in, share with family and friends, and if you are benefiting from Qalam and everything that we provide here at the podcast and beyond, then please be a part of this solution, be a part of this project of educating all of humanity by going to supportqalam.com, support Qalam yourself, and also share the link with family and friends. And now on to the lesson. اللهم إنا نسألك الهدى والتقى والعفاف والغناء يا رب العالمين. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. So um I know some of you guys pray those who didn't those who didn't pray it will pray um after inshallah ta'ala. So um, whoever didn't pray will pray at the end inshallah ta'ala. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi rahimahullah is explaining so far up till now he's explaining to us. Um, the effects of certain sins, the effects of sins in general, and how those sins uh, affect us and stop our progress in relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, and the reason why he's telling us that is so that we um, have a, some encouragement why we need to stay away from sins, why the sins are so detrimental to our physical and spiritual health, and that's why he's going through that, inshallah ta'ala. Remember, um, when we started this class eight uh, weeks ago, uh, we started with a letter that someone wrote, Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziya rahimahullah. Uh, and um, that letter was basically that I'm stuck in a sin, how do I get out? And he basically started by explaining to him that first thing first, understand that all sins have an effect. And the way that you bring khayr into your life is through the righteousness and ta'a of Allah, the obedience of Allah. And the way that shah or evil or hardship comes into your life is through the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziya rahimahullah, um, he has been explaining various effects of sins, various effects of sins, and he wants us to really understand how those sins affect us and what they do to us, inshallah ta'ala. Um, so we'll continue reading some of those effects, but by the end of class today, uh, we'll actually be, actually he'll actually start to break down the different types of sins, which is very interesting. He'll break down the sins into four different categories, and we'll go through those, inshallah, bi-idnillahi uh, ta'ala. So the next section, Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, in his section number 30, um, he says, And he says, one of the effects of disobedience of Allah and, and ma'asi, one of the effects of ma'asi and sins is, so there's a very well-known hadith of Umar bin Khattab called Hadith Jibra'il. Hadith Jibra'il is well-known. It's one of the first hadith studied uh, in and we I believe, in other books. And the hadith is basically, towards the end of the life of the Prophet ﷺ, uh, a man came 
and he sat in really close to the Prophet ﷺ, very close. Um, everyone was kind of taken aback by his approach, and he asked the Prophet ﷺ three questions. He asked him three questions. Uh, what were those questions? What is Islam? What is Iman? And what is Ihsan? He asked him these three questions. And uh, the Prophet ﷺ replied, he explained what Islam was to him, uh, explaining the external actions of the deen, and then he explained what is uh, Iman, and he explained the internal things that a person has to have Iman and faith in, and belief in. And the last question that he asked him is, what is Ihsan? What is this concept of Ihsan? And the Prophet ﷺ is known as Jawam al-Kalim. The Prophet ﷺ, one of the attributes of the Prophet ﷺ was he was known as Jawam al-Kalim. Jawam al-Kalim means that he was able to say the most pithy of statements in the most concise words. You know, something like uh, Abdul Hakim Murad's post. I don't know if you guys follow him, whatever. But like the most deep post with the, uh, the, the least amount of words. Um, so he said, Al-Ihsan an ta'budullah ka'annaka tarah. Fa'illam takun tarahu fa'innuhu yara. That Ihsan is that a person reaches a state that they live as if they are seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The exact wordings mean Allah. You worship Allah As if you are seeing Allah But the meaning of this Is that a person uh, uh, Lives in a state As if they are perpetually seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Like how would that person How would their actions be, be, be modified If they constantly felt that they were watching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now for many of us, that's abstract. That's like, yo, that's heavy, man. What you talking about? Like, what am I thinking about there, right? So then the Rasul Sallallahu he goes, فَإِلَّمْ تَكُنْ تَرَاهُ Wait, hold on. If you can't reach that level where you can walk around and it's like, I see Allah, فَإِنَّهُ يَرَاكَ Then to constantly have this feeling throughout the day that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is watching you. And how would that modify someone's behavior? It's profound. So this was the definition given by the Rasul when he was explaining what? The category or the concept of what? Ihsan. So that's Ihsan, this high level of consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like how would you interact with your wife? If you knew Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was watching you every moment. How would you react with your little brother, with your little sister? What would your actions be like with your grandmother? If you were constantly aware that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you. And what we realize, it's only when we slip out of that awareness that we fall into ma'asiyah. I'm going to say that one more time. It's only when we slip out of that awareness that we slip into the disobedience. So Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, he says here that one of the effects of disobedience of Allah, one of the effects of the sins, is that anha تَخْرُجُ الْعَبْدِ مِنْ دَائِرَةِ الْإِحْسَانِ he says that one of the effects of sins is that it takes you out of that circle of ihsan. He says da'ira. That circle of ihsan, it takes you out of it. You're no longer in that. Meaning once a person becomes uh, more habituated to sinning, then what they have to do is they have to keep blocking out the awareness of Allah. They have to intentionally at first block out that awareness. But eventually what happens, you don't even have to try anymore. And the sin comes quick because the awareness is gone. You're out of that circle of ihsan. The hymn So he says, uh, Listen closely. He says, when ihsan, 
This quality of ihsan. What is ihsan again? What's ihsan? No, ihsan. We just did it. Yeah, right? So he says that when that quality bashara qalbak, when it actually touches your heart, like and it's there, he says, it's, it, it stops the, the person from the sin. There's no way. It's, there's no way. It's like your girl, not girl, your, your wife is walking next to you. <laughs> your wife is walking next to you. I'm just, just practically speaking. How easy is it to lower your gaze? It's so easy. You're like, nothing. Like, I didn't even see that. Why? Because <laughs> Same thing. It says, you know she's watching. So it's so easy at that moment. But if a person was to perpetually live in that state, then what kind of qualities would their heart have? So he says, um, SubhanAllah, There's no shy today? SubhanAllah. <laughs> Sorry, the guest, I know you guys come out, you know, we normally have shy man, no jood. But, you know, mukassir, forgive me, inshallah ta'ala. Sorry, inshallah. Next time, inshallah. So, khair, what does he say? فَإِنَّ الْإِحْسَانِ إِذَا بَعْشِرَ الْقَلْبِ مَنَعَهُ مِنَ الْمَعَاسِ فَإِنَّ مِنْ عَبَدَ اللَّهِ كَأَنَّكَ تَرَاهُ كَأَنَّهُ يَرَاهُ لَمْ يَكُنْ ذَلِكَ إِلَّا لِإِسْتِلَاءِ ذِكْرِهِ وَمُحَبَّتِهِ وَخَوْفِهِ وَرَجَائِهِ عَلَى قَلْبِ He says when a person is constantly like living that life as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is seeing him or her, then they're constantly thinking of Allah's love, the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. All of that is constantly present, so it stops the person from looking elsewhere, going elsewhere. Okay? So this, brothers and sisters, is in chapter 30. Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi says that the, the effect of the sin is that it takes you out of that circle of ihsan. him to him, inshaAllah. Okay, next section. In chapter 32, in chapter 32, Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, Rahimahullah, Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, Rahimahullah, he says, وَمِنْ عُقُوبَاتِهَا أَنَّهَا تَدْعَكُ سَيْرِ الْقَلْبِ إِلَى اللَّهِ تَعَالَى وَالدَّارُ الْآخِرَةِ Listen closely. He says, he says that the next effect of the ma'asi, the sin, is that it weakens the heart from its journey to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like sayyir ila Allah, sayyir to ila Allah means your journey to Allah. So what he says is that the sin actually weakens, makes your your, 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 your heart weak in that journey. And he says, it holds it back. Or, it stops the heart from that journey. Or, he says, or it just stops you completely from journeying towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it doesn't let you, the sin doesn't let you, he doesn't even let you take that next step to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Listen closely. He says the sin يحجب it حجب يحجب it حجب الواصل it 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 like is a veil stopping this person from reaching ويأتى أسائر and stops the person from going forward. 
Um, and then he explains that The way that a person travels to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The way that a person gets closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Is by the, uh, the, the strength that the heart has When the, when the sin which is a sickness, makes the heart sick and it gets weaker, it stops the heart from that traveling to Allah. So now the heart doesn't even feel like traveling towards Allah. The heart doesn't even want to go close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala anymore. Now, what he says here is very interesting. He says here, for them, listen closely. He says, for them, either the them, the sin will kill the heart completely killed. Some of the sins are so strong that they'll just kill the heart. Or يُمَرِّضَهُ Or it just makes the heart have a little cold, sick. مَرْدًا مُخَوَّفًا Or a very uh, very sick, harsh sickness. أَوْ يَذْعَبُهُ قُوَّتُهُ وَلَا بُدَّ Or just make it weak. But that's for sure. حَتَّى يَنْتَهِ ضُعْفُهُ إِلَىٰ أَشْيَاءِ الثَّمَانِيَةِ Until the weakness will cause one of eight things to happen. One of eight things to happen to the heart. Pay, uh, pay attention closely to these things. Okay, so what is he saying here? The example is this. He's saying that our heart is journeying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And one of the effects of the sin, one of the effects of disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that it either makes the heart weak from journeying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or it stops it completely. Makes it weak or it stops it completely. And he says, the way that that happens is one of eight things specifically. And these eight things are specific things that the Prophet ﷺ himself used to seek refuge from. Everyone understanding his, how he's going, uh, uh, going about this one? So look at these eight things. Wahiyah. Here are the eight things. Number one. Alham. Alham. Ham means uh, a worry, grief, but particularly to something past. Number one. Then al-huzn, uh, another type of worry, or uh, being a uh, uh, um, same thing, type of worry or grief, but it has to do with the mustaqbal, tomorrow, the future. So that's two of them. Next two, uh, number three, al-ajiz. Ajiz means to be incapable of something. Ajiz means you just can't do it. You just can't do it. The, the fourth one is kesar. Everyone knows kesar, laziness. Like I don't. I just don't feel like doing it. Alright? Number uh, five. Juban. Uh, cowardice. Juban, to be cowardice. Next one. Bukhad. Stingy. I gotta hold it all back. Dala uh, adain. Too much debt. Overpowering of debt. Like you just like overpowered by student loans or whatever it may be, right? And then Or being overpowered by people themselves oppressive boss or any type of physical type of burden overpowering you. So what he says, Look at the, okay, so first thing first, guys, these eight things, specifically in the hadith, the Prophet sought refuge from these eight things. Grief about yesterday, worrying about tomorrow, being incapable of something, I just can't do it, being not, being lazy about it, having cowardice, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. I don't even want to, you know, ask her to marry me, right? I'm scared, right? Or what's the next thing? Bukhal, uh, being stingy, and then death and being overpowered by people, physically. 
These are eight things specifically that the Prophet them uh, sought refuge from in a hadith. So these are eight things he used to ask Allah to protect him, him, him from. Now what he's saying though is through the sins, how are you stopped? How is the heart stopped from that journey? Through one of these eight things. Is everyone with me? One of these eight things are the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But what he does, he goes even deeper. He says each two are actually really connected to each other. The first two are what? So he says the first two are connected, the, the second set are connected, the third set and the fourth set, they're both kind of intrinsically connected to one another. How so? He says, Hum and Huzan, clearly, one is worried about yesterday, the other is worried about tomorrow. But if any one of those hits you right now, it stops you from doing action right at this moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yesterday will stop you from action today, but also worrying about tomorrow will stop you from action today. So two things, Ham and Huzan, which Rasul taught us, don't worry about yesterday. Yesterday's gone, man. Yesterday's gone. It's gone. Why are you worried about it? Why waste this moment that Allah has blessed you with on yesterday? And then the Prophet said, Huzan, don't worry about Huzan. Huzan is what's going to happen tomorrow. Why are you worried about tomorrow wasting today and you don't even know if you're going to get tomorrow? You don't even know if you're getting tomorrow, but you're worried about it. So you're wasting the present for something you may not even ever get. Right? Then the next two, what are the next two? Oh, yes, I just, he says, Whenever you can't do good, like asbabul khair, this whole book is about asbab, right? The means of one thing to the next. He says, many times you can't do good because of one of two things, ajiz or kasad. Meaning, you don't have the qudra to do it. You don't have the power to do it. Al-battata at all. Or, you have the power, but you don't feel like doing it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like he says, these two things are directly connected to each other. Ajiz means, like, I can't do it. I want to, I have the willpower, but I don't have the means by which to do it. So that's called ajiz. The other thing is like, I have all the means. I just don't feel like doing it. Kasa, next two that are directly connected to each other. So he says, Then the next next thing, These two are connected to each other. He's like, yo, someone needs you. Like, you know how you're moving? Like, or no, you know how like, He's like, when you need help from someone, it's either going to be physical help or it's going to be monetary help. So he says, the way people hold back physical help is normally because of juban, cowardice. No, no, I'm not, I'm not showing up at the rally, bro. No, I ain't going. No, I ain't going. No, I'm going to hold back. Right? Or it's bukhah. Yo, I need some help financially. No, I'm not, I, gotta, I, I don't have it right now. No, you got a lot. You just hold it back. So it's like one of these two ways which normally you, you try to help people these are the two ways, one through the body and one through uh, financial. So, juban and bukhah. And then the other one he explains is dala uddain wa rijal. These two are ways people overpower you. Right? So one is, like, I owe someone money. So I'm overpowered by that person that way. And the other is I'm physically overpowered by that person. These are eight ways that Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi explains that, that these things can come up after a person has, uh, as an effect of the sin, stopping the person from journeying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, yeah?
فهمتم ان شاء الله اوكي نعم او از ذات نو ار نعم اوكي كول الحمد لله اوكي موفينج فورورد ذا نيكست وان هي سيز ام ومن عقوباتها the next uh, effect of the ma'asi the next effect of the sins and al-asi da'iman fi usri shaytanihi wa sujni shahwatihi wa quyudi hawaihi you know sometimes we look at sharia as something very restrictive right sometimes we look at sharia and the do's and the don'ts and don't touch this don't eat that don't look at this you know like we look at these things and it can seem restrictive But from the perspective that he's teaching us here, it's really interesting. He teaches a, a completely opposite perspective. He says, The one who's uh, accustomed or habituated to disobedience of Allah to sin. He says, This person is constantly is in the uh, entrapment of shaytan. Constantly, constantly bound up by shaytan. And he says he's constantly in the sijin. The sijin. What's the sijin? The prison of his own desires. Do you understand? Like one is to free the self and the other is freedom from the self. Do you understand the difference between that? Like the sharia is giving us a way to free ourselves from ourselves. It's not freeing the self. It's freeing yourself from the self. And what he says is that quyud means like the shackles of desires. Like, what, he, what he's trying to explain here is that the, the one accustomed to sin is actually uh, entrapped and imprisoned and shackled and chained by the shahwa, desire, by the hawa, same thing, desire, that he just wants to do. It's just pulling him here and there, constantly pulling him. The person has no control. فَهُوَ asir. He says, this poor person is, is, is in prison, man. مَسْجُونَ مُقَيِّدْ This person is in prison. Change up shackles. Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, he goes, there's no one in a worse prison than this person. This person who's in the prison of their own shahwa and desires. Min asir aswa'ahu a'ada aduan lahu. Wala sijna abyat. Look what he says. There's no prison tighter. There's no prison more constrained and tighter than the prison of one's own desires. That they can't, I just gotta do it. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. And there's no chains or shackles that are harder to get out of than the shackles of your own desires. Now look what he says. How's this person going to travel to Allah when they're chained up? When they're chained up by this desire, how are they going to travel to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How's that going to happen? It's not going to happen. When the when the uh, he says when the uh, the heart is chained up from these sins and locked down by this desire, he says all types of hardship and things come to it. He says The example of the heart is like a bird. This is beautiful. He says the example of the heart is like a bird. Whenever this bird soars high up in the air, It's far away from all the predatory animals on the ground. When it flies up, when it goes high. And here he's talking about obedience of Allah, closeness to Allah, going away from the desires. It's away from those difficulties. And the moment it comes down, all of a sudden all of those difficulties and things, 
now start to come close to it. Wabil hadith, the hadith tell us, a shaitan dhibbul insan. Hadith tell us that shaitan is like um, the, uh, the wolf. The wolf. The same way the wolf is looking for the sheep. The same way that shaitan is coming after those individuals. And he says, like that sheep that has no shepherd over it, really quickly about to get grabbed up. That sheep that's off to the side with no one watching over it, like that bird that came down, he said, just like that person caught up in that sin and shackled by that sin, he can't, he can't get away. He has no one protecting him. So he says, it's by taqwa of Allah that a person has that protection. Every time, listen closely here. Every time the, 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 the sheep or the goat is aqrab ila ra'i, close to the shepherd, kana asla min It's safe from that wolf. But every time it goes further away, it's in more danger. So here, so what is he saying here? He says, asl hada anal the heart. As it goes further away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the difficulties and hardships are coming quicker to it. As it gets closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the afat are further away. Like that bird. That's why he gave that example of the bird. Every time the bird flies up, it's away from those hardships and difficulties. Whenever that bird is down low, that's when it's in hardship. So he says, As the person gets closer to Allah, they are away from that, uh, those difficulties and away from those hardships. So this is the next one that he says that the person that is, uh, the effect of the sin is that the person is chained up to that desire. They're not free. They don't have that, that, that freedom. They're actually chained to that desire. And wherever that desire pulls them, that's where they follow right after that thing. Wherever the desire pulls them, I'm over here. Wherever it pulls me to the club, I'm at the club. Pulls me over here, I'm over here. Wherever it pulls me, that's where I'm at. Okay? Alright, the next one. The next one Ibn Qayyim and Josie goes into. Okay, so this is very beautiful. Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi here, one of the effects of the sense that he speaks about here um, is that, so we, the, the hadith basically tell us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, um, as a person does more righteousness, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses that person with angels that support that person, help that person. And as a person goes away, those angels go away, and in fact, shaitan is closer to that person. So what he says is one of the effects of the sins. Do you know what number we're on, Amen. I mean, I mean, right? What number is this of the effects? They're all of them. They don't have them all? Not number. All right, cool. Okay, inshallah. Anyone have the number? Huh? 31. 31? Chapter 31. Seriously? Oh, that's the chapter. Cool. Nah, nah. Just like the number of the effects of it. It's fine. Alright, so the next one. Listen to the next one. 17. 17? Sure. Alright, cool. He says, He says, The effect of the sin is that it takes away 
a protector that you have. A protector as well, spiritually protecting you from difficulties. And someone that brings a lot of benefit to you. And part of your felicitousness for you to be successful is for that khalq, that creation to be close to you. And who is it? It is that angel that is assigned to you. And he says that uh, he gets closer to you and he and when he when that angel is closer to you, then your 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 enemy is further a, a, a away from you. Um, and then he says, uh, shaytan. shaytan gets further away. The al abd. He says when a person disobeys Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, the angels go away from this person. Listen to this. He says the the hadith tell us that according to the level of the sin. That is how far the angels actually go away from this person. According to the level of the sin. So there's a hadith of Rasulullah He said that there's an author. That an author, right? When a person says a lie, the angel goes away from this person one mile. Because of the foul stench coming from this person. One kedib, one kedib, one minhu His whole point is that through these sins, you're actually pushing away the ones who are helping you to be righteous, helping you to give you nasiha and guide you through those sins you're pushing. But he says, according to the type of sin that you're engaged in, is how far away those angels are going. And he uses this author to support that. He says, if one angel is moving away from you, this far away because of one lie, then how far away do you think this angel, this, these angels are going for something that is far more uh, perverse and, 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 and foul than just one lie? And more perverse and thahish, like indecent. Imagine how far the angels are going away from you for that. about the salaf. So he, he now he goes into some narrations. He said, "Ida asbah al abdu." When a person wakes up in the morning, an angel and shaytan rush to this person. Both when he wakes up, just wakes up, wakes up in the morning, an angel and shaytan both rush to this person. If the person wakes up and remembers Allah, and you know, what's the dua when we wake up? Alhamdulillah, right? He wakes up, he remembers Allah. The angel, pushes away that shaytan from that person. Throws him away, pushes him away. He's like, I got this, he's with me today, yo. Brother's rolling with me. It's my ace today. It's with me. Right? He wakes up with something else. Not the dhikr of Allah. Something else. He says, Dahab al Malik. The angel's like, Deuce it, yo. I don't know if y'all say that down here. Okay? Like, I'm out. Maybe y'all say that, right? Okay, whatever. We still say You ain't even from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> what we say. <laughs> Anyways. 
Chayev. But the point is, this is a beautiful narration. It's a beautiful narration saying that 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 righteousness brings the angel close to you, and that day is under the shade of that angel, walking with you, encouraging you to Chayev, encouraging you to good. But if he starts the day the other way, then you just have one of those days. One of those days, right? SubhanAllah. Okay, what tawallahu shaytan. And in that case, he's tawallahu shaytan. Shaytan is with him that day. So he says, He says, an angel is constantly getting closer and closer to this person. Until this person is completely like influenced by this close angel. Then the angels just roll with this person all the time in their life. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, now look at the verse of the Quran. Indeed, this is verse number um, 30 to 31 in Surah Fussilat. Look at the verse. The verse says, Indeed, those who say our Lord is Allah. And they hold on to that. They stay with it. The angels come down to them. They tell them two things. Don't worry. Remember what we were talking about before? Huzun and Ham, they say, don't worry and don't have any Huzun. Don't worry about nothing. Wa'abashiru, be happy. We got your back, yo. What does Nahnu Oliya'ukum mean? We got your back. Like, we got you. Nahnu Oliya'ukum fil hayati dunya wa fil akhirah. Taib, he says, Wa'idha tawallahu al malak tawallahu ansah al khal. When the angels are, are tawallahu, got your back. You got the most well-wishing creation supporting you. The angels, pure nasiha, pure well-wishers for you. And the most benefit for you. And then um, he gives a, a few more uh, ayah to support this, inshallah. And then he says, he, he gives just a few more examples of what is it like uh, when a person has that constant doing good. What is that, how, what's the effect of that on that person? He says, but... Now the opposite. When the person is accustomed to the sin, it pushes the angel away. But it brings closer to this person. Who cares nothing about the wretchedness of this person. And facade of this person. Hatta. He says, listen. He says, listen, one time, the Prophet said, listen to this narration. Two people got in an argument in front of the Prophet. Two people got in an argument in front of the Prophet. One of them, now, and, and the hadith tell us this was Abu Bakr radiallahu anh. Abu Bakr radiallahu anh and another, and another uh, uh, person. So, فَجَعَلَ رَجُلًا يَسُبُّ One person is sitting there cursing the dude out. The Prophet is sitting there. Two people arguing. And the Prophet is just there. Watching the whole thing go down. Right there with him. 
And one of them is, is just cursing at the other. The Rasul is just quiet and the other person is just taking it. Who's the person taking it? Abu Bakr radiallahu anh. Finally, Abu Bakr had too much. So he spoke up. And he said something back to the, to the, to the, to the brother. He said something back. At the beginning, he was just taking it like, mm-hmm, all right, cool. You're lucky the prophet right here. Lucky <laughs> <laughs> the prophet's right here, yo. Right? You know, Abu Bakr had Zayda, man. Abu Bakr had Zayda, yo, big time. We talked about Zayda last week. Abu Bakr had Zayda, okay? So so finally, Abu Bakr, he hits his t- uh, tipping point, radiallahu anh, and he says one word back. Nabi. The prophet Sallallahu got up right away, stood up. And he walked away. Walked away. Now, Abu Bakr cares more about the Prophet than any argument. So he drops the argument and goes and chases after the Prophet. Like, and he stops him and he says, Ya Rasulullah, you know, when he was cursing me out, you were sitting there smiling. But the moment I said one word, you stopped smiling, you got up and left. What happened? And he says, he says, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Ya Rasulullah, Like when I tried to speak back, you got up and left. He said, when you were sitting there quiet, there was an angel I could see standing right next to you and was putting every word back in the mouth of this person. Every word he was saying to you, the angel was defending you, speaking back, throwing it back at him while you were quiet. But when you opened your mouth, Shaytan came and the angel backed up. And I don't sit where Shaytan is, so I bounced. I bounced, I'm gone. So the, the point he's trying to make here, this is heavy. So he says, فَلَمْ أَكُمْ He says, جَاءَ Shaytan, فَلَمْ أَكُمْ لَأَجِلِسْ I couldn't stay because Shaytan was there. I can't be where Shaytan is. I'm a prophet of Allah. I saw Shaytan roll up, I was out. But the moment you were quiet, that angel was protecting you, there for you, supporting you. And then when you open your mouth, Shaytan came and the angel was gone. He gives us so many examples of how the, uh, the angels are there with that person who's accustomed to good. But he started this chapter by telling us what? He says, as a person is getting uh, uh, more accustomed to the sins, he's pushing away that angel, that protection, that one that wakes up in the morning saying, I got you. He's pushing that away and is with shaitan. He becomes, he's rolling with shaitan at that point. Um, he gives a few other examples, inshallah ta'ala, but um, and the rest of it, he just explains how there are so many uh, hadith um, that tell us uh, that the angels are constantly with us and that we need that support. They protect us in so many ways. All right, next section, inshallah ta'ala. Okay, at this point, Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, so for the last like seven classes, six to seven classes, he's just been talking about the effects of sins. Um, so he now, for the first time, it's really interesting. He's going to break down the different types of sins. He's going to break down the different types of sins. So this is a very interesting section. First thing he says is he says, 
The first thing you need to understand is that the sins that we've been talking about are not all the same. They're mutafawit. They have a, a, a gradation in them. All the sins are not the same. Fi darajat. He says the same way the sins themselves have different levels, the effects of those things also have different levels. And he says, We're going to explain these in details. But he says the basis is this the asal of the ma'asi of sins is two things. Not doing what we are ordered to do. And doing what we've been prohibited from doing. These are the two things that we have been tested with. And he says, but these two things have two places that they occur. One, One is on the external, on the limbs, and the other is on the internal. So let me break this down. He says, when you look at disobedience of Allah, there's two types. Either you're leaving out what Allah has ordered us to do. Right? You're leaving that out. That's one type. And that has two categories. What are they? That which is done with the limbs and that which is in the heart. Play it. Uh, Karima, don't do that. Karima, stop. <laughs> I should have not said anything. If I didn't say anything, then it would have been fine. Okay. Alhamdulillah. Okay, so what is he saying here? Two types of ma'asi, two types of sins. This is the first time Ibn Qayyim al Josi is actually breaking down sins from this perspective. He says there's two types of sins. One of them is uh, uh, one of them is tarqul fair, not doing what we're supposed to do, and the other is doing what we've been prohibited. And both of those have two places they can occur. Where? On the limbs and in the heart. Exactly. Then he says that also has. Then there's also two. Uh, breaches that can happen. One is a breach in the haqq of Allah and the other is a breach in the haqq of the khalq. One is a breach of Allah's right and the other is a breach of the creation's right. So you see his breakdown of it? So one is the breach of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's haqq Allah and the other is called huquq al-ibad. He says, you got, everyone got the breakdown? He says, thereafter, these sins break down into four different types of sins. Brothers and sisters, I've never found anybody else breaking the sins down in this way as Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi. I've looked at other sources and never found this particular breakdown. So this is a very rare or different breakdown of the types of sins. Number one, he says, is the malakiyah, the angelic sins. Number one, I'll give you all the categories and we'll talk about them. The malakiyah from the word malaika. The Malakiyah sins. Number two is called Shaytaniyah sins. Which is clear from Shaytan, right? Number two is Sabu'iyah. Sabu'iyah means like a predatory animal. Like, you know, like a lion, right? A predatory type animal. So he says like the, uh, the, the Sabu'iyah sins. Like the predatory animalistic type sins. And then Bahima. Bahima is just like an animalistic sin. These are the four breakdowns of sins. Of all of the sins, he breaks them down into these four categories. Now let's look at each one of them, inshallah ta'ala. Everyone got those four categories? The last one was called bahima, which is just like um, animal, animalistic sins. How is that different from the predator? Oh, because sabu'iyah means like an animal that is a predator, specifically. 
but like this type is just an animal. Like, Isn't the hyena like a cattle? Yeah, like, like those type of animals that are not predatorial. Okay, the ones yeah. that domesticated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a donkey or something like that. So one is like the lion and the other is like the donkey. So the first one is interesting. The first one is what? Malachia, which means angelic sin. What is that? Listen to this. He says, It's when a person brings in themselves what they're not supposed to from sifat, the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Does that make sense? So, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has certain sifat, certain attributes. And this person who, who gets in these types of sins tries to act like God, tries to be like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, tries to bring in themselves those types. So what does he say? He says, like greatness, like Pharaoh, right? Like I'm the greatest. Like kibriya, to be, uh, so atma is like magnificence, and kibriya means greatness. So they, they try to, uh, they want to, uh, have inside himself this attribute of greatness. Who does greatness belong to? Allah. Who does Adama belong to? Allah. So this person is now sinning by bringing this attribute in themselves. Like what does Pharaoh say? Like I am the most high. That is a, a dunu malakiyah. More, there's more. Well, jabrut, jabrut, force, power. Right? Like that's that's Allah's quality. Who are you? So he brings this in, in themselves. When ulu. Ulu means to be uh, grandiose, like to elevate yourself above all. Ulu, that's Allah's quality, not yours, right? So that's why it's called malakiyah. And he says, al-khalq to, to enslave other people, like to want people under you. That's adunub malakiyah. Wa and other sins just like that. This is the first category. He says shirk comes in this as well, but he'll talk about that uh, later. And he says, uh, uh, And he says this is a, a very, very large category of sins. Also in this is when people speak about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that which they don't know, and they just uh, uh, forge things about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is called dhunub malakiyah. Dhunub malakiyah. Second category. Adunub shayatiniya. Adunub shayatiniya. He says, But This is when a person now imitates shaytan. How so? Well, what was one of the first things shaytan did? Hasad. Like jealousy. So, Hasad. Wal baghi. Rebelliousness against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wal ghash. Trickery. Deceit. Wal ghil. To, uh, to steal from, from to, to uh, it's like, ghal uh, is like to, uh, huh? So ghash and ghal. So ghashana man ghashana palaysa minna. The Prophet said, whoever like tricks us is not from us. Ghal is the same type. Woman yaglul is to like steal something slow, low, low key. Like to take embezzlement. embezzlement, that's what I was looking for, exactly. So, so, so ghal is like when you take it low key. This is considered a shaytanic type. Well, khidat. Khidat is just straight up like trickery to like trick people and, and things. Well, makkah. Plotting and ploying uh, to create plots and things against people. Well, amr bil ma'asi. To and tell people, yo, just do this, man. Do that. Ma'asi. Sins against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
وَتَحْسِينِي And then to make it look good. Like, subhanAllah, man, how much of the creation gets paid to, to order people to sin and make it look good? How many people get paid six figures just to do that? To encourage people to sin, but not only that, let's make it look as beautiful as possible. Right? So he puts this in the category of dunu, what type? Shaytaniyya. Right? And then he says, And uh, also stopping you from righteousness. Uh, to make bid'ah in the deen and to call people from bid'ah. So what Imam Ghazad, or what uh, Ibn al-Qayyim al-Jawzi rahimahullah has done now, he's broken down the sins and he's given us two types. Al-Malakiyah and he's given us uh, also Shaytaniyah. Okay, next category of sins. So you can you can see how, like, what, what, what we're understanding now is after he talked about the spiritual realm, the angels and shaitan, now he's immediately jumping over to a physical realm. But both of those physical realms are types of animals, which goes to show you that Beni Adam or human beings have a place, right? And that balance is to not bring on to yourself the wrong qualities of Allah that, that, you, that are off limits to you, but to bring on the beautiful qualities, but also to shun or push away some of the qualities from that lower realm of, of, of this, this, this animal animal realm, right? So, sabu'iyah, let's look at this one. Dunuba sabu'iyah. Amma sabu'iyah. Fudunuba al-udawan wal-ghadab. Anger, rage. Anger, rage. Safkuddam, bloodshed. Bloodshed. Tawathub ala du'afa. To pounce on the weak. Wal-ajizin. To pounce on the weak. And the, 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 you know, the, 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 the weakest uh, uh, you know, deer that the, the animal pounces on, the one that's weak, right? So he says, this is the category of sins that are called sabu'iyah, which are rage, uh, shedding, bloodshed, and uh, 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 pouncing on those who are the weakest of the society. These are the sabu'iyah sins, which a person has to protect themselves from. So this is like, he says, The desires to constantly copulate and eat as much food as possible. So the desire of the stomach and the, and the faraj, the private part. Just constantly wanting to fulfill that desire. And he says, From this comes the sin of zina. He says, even theft come from this one as well. And eating the uh, wealth of orphans, stinginess, shuha, juban, uh, cowardice, and other sins as well. Now he says, He says, majority of people are in this category. But why? He says, It's because they, they can't get to the level of the other sins. He's like, how many people can be like, Ana ala. Majority of us don't ever get to that stage. So we can't even claim that, dude. You make like, how much an hour, dude? What are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't even claim that. So he's like, because the majority of the khalq can never reach that, and even the sabu'iyah, where you got power over people, this and that, because the majority of us don't even reach that, he says, this last level 
is the, is the level that you find the most people um, in when it comes to um, the sins. The sins. So he says, "Min dunub sabuiya wal malakiya, wa min hu yadkhulu sa'id al aksam." He says, "From this uh, majority of this, uh, you can see all of the breakdown of the sins that come into these various categories." Uh, and that's that. So then he says, Ah, he says, but what happens is sometimes it starts as a gateway with the Bahima to Sabu'iyah to Shayatina to Malakiyah. He says, so normally people start with that one, but it's just sequential that they end up at that highest level of sins and disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? So this is the basic breakdown that he gives of different types of sins the Malakiyah sins the shayatini sins, the sabu'iya sins, and the bahima sins. And what I find is that Bani Adam is ordered to be in that middle, to not take on those animalistic qualities, but at the same time, not elevate yourself too high where you're now taking on those malakiyah or those uh, divine qualities, elevating yourselves too high. It's about finding that balance in between those two extremes. And, and that's what uh, Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi rahimahullah ta'ala is explaining in this section. Inshallah. Okay? Alright, so let's just review real quick, inshallah. Look at what he explained to us here. The first effect of sins that he explained to us is uh, coming out of the circle of Ihsan. That was the first thing he explained, and he had talked about that uh, as a person sins more, they leave that state of Ihsan, of constant awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we went through that one. Then he said that. The effect of the sin is it stops the heart from journeying to Allah by bringing up one of eight things. Grief about tomorrow, worry about yesterday, incapacibility whatsoever, you can't do it. Meaning you don't have the, the means by which to do it, right? Number, number uh, four was you have the means, but you just don't feel like doing it, the laziness. The next one? Jubun, cowardice, right? I'm too scared to do it. Bukhun. Too scared to spend the money. Similar. Jubal and Bukhad, cowardice and stinginess are very similar. Then the next two? Overpowered by debt and overpowered by physical. He said these are the effects of sins that come in. Now, the next uh, the next category was? Um, Nam? Ah, the effect of the angels coming close versus the effect of the shaitan coming close and the angels being pushed away. And we read examples of Abu Bakr radiallahu an and how the angels are supporting that person. And then this last section, he talked about, um, he talked about, uh, what is it? Different the different levels. All right, last thing, inshallah, for tonight. There's one more section. Very important section. Okay, last section, inshallah. Okay, in chapter number 47, 48, 47, I'm sorry. He talks about another effect of the sin. And this is a very important one in the time that we live in today. He says that, and he, he briefly touched upon this in previous weeks, but he's going to go in a lot more detail. He says, It blinds, blinds the heart. If it doesn't completely blind it, 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 it uh, weakens its ability to see. What are we talking about, Ahmed? We're talking about the ability of the qalb to see, the basira, the, the, the sight of the heart. So he says one of the effects of the sin is that it blinds the heart, the basira of the heart. Or it just makes its sight a lot weaker. 
Now what does that entail? وَقَدْ تَقَدَّمَ بَيَانٌ أَنَّهَا وَلَا بُدَّ He's like, I already brought this up. But he's actually bringing another perspective up. Look what he says. فَإِذَا عَمِيَ الْقَلْبِ وَضَعُفَ فَاتَتْ مِنْهُ مَعْرِفَةُ الْهُدَى When the heart becomes blind or weak in sight, it becomes difficult for it to know guidance. مَعْرِفَةُ الْهُدَى It becomes difficult for it to recognize huda. But it also loses the strength to actually realize or see good on itself and in others as well. Let me explain this point. What he's saying is the heart has two things that it does. Please pay attention to this very important point. The qalb has two roles that it does. Two specific roles. One role of the qalb is to recognize good. That is a role of the qalb. To recognize good. To recognize haq as haq and batil as batil. Allahumma arina al-haq haq wa zuqna tiba. Right? To see good as good. That is one of the roles that the heart has. And that is the basira of the heart. But there's another role as well, which is after it can see the haq, now there's another difficulty, which is I already know what the haq is, I already know what good is, I already know what bad is, but the difficulty that I have right now is actually what? Yeah, doing it. Like doing it. Like, and he uses the word ten feet to actually see it through. Like to make it happen. But there's two places that it has to happen. Number one is inside yourself. So he's like, you can't even realize it yourself. You know salah is haq. You already know that. But the heart is too weak to actually make it happen inside yourself. And then the second level is fi ghayrihi. Like, forget yourself. Forget other people. You yourself can't do it. So you, there's two levels that you can't see that it comes to fruition. You can't force it to come to fruition in yourself. And you can't force it to come to fruition or realization in other people as well. So he says, He's like, as the sins increase, the heart gets weaker. What gets weaker? It's sight and it's ability to see that action into realization. He says, this is our last section for tonight, inshallah. He says, The perfection of human beings is based on these two things. This is the basis of perfection for us. He says, Recognizing haq from batin. Seeing the difference between those two. And this, brothers and sisters, this is a very big one. This is why Umar bin Khattab was called, what was his nickname? Al-Farooq. And the reason he was given that nickname is because Al-Qur'an means what? The criteria, this distinction. So now what's interesting is what is the word Dajjal, right? Like like one of the things about Dajjal, they say that he'll come at a time when no one mentions him on the member anymore. Dajjal, like when people stop talking about him. But what does the word Dajjal actually come from? Dajjal. And Dajjal actually means to mix things up. So when you mix things up so much that a person can't recognize truth from falsehood, that's what the Antichrist comes to do, which is to mix up to do, mix up the two. And the opposite, when Masih comes back, the true, uh, the true uh, Messiah, then he, re- he re-clarifies the Dajjal. He, he clears up the Dajjal. Do you understand the, the Arabic language there? The Dajjal is the mixing up. But when they're mixed up, you can't differentiate. The Qalb can't see what, what is what. You know what I'm saying? The Qalb can't see it anymore. So he says here, 
He says, there's two things that the heart must have. Number one is the ability to see the haq. Right? That's a big gift from Allah. And then the second ability of the heart is to give preference to the haq. To actually do it. Like, not just know it, but to do it. Alright? He's like, all of our level, all of our different levels according to our relationship with Allah is in according to these two qualities, guys. These two qualities. How well can you recognize haq from batin? How well can you see something and you're like, yeah, that's messed up right there. Like, deen-wise, that's messed up. No, uh-uh. Or how is it hard? No, I don't know, man. But he, and the ability to see through with it. He says all of our levels differentiate in the dunya and akhirah based on our ability of these two capacities. What are these two capacities? Seeing it and seeing through that it, it comes to a, re- a reality. And he says, now look. These two qualities are the qualities that Allah praised the prophets. Look at this verse of Quran. This verse is Surah Sa'd, verse number 45. Surah Sa'd, verse number 45. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَذْكُرْ إِبَادِنَا Ibrahim," And remember our servant Ibrahim, وَإِسْحَقْ وَيَعْقُوبُ Remember these three people. أُولِ الْأَيْدِ Those of aid. Yet. What is yet? Hand. Power. Those of power. Well, Abbasar, and those of sight. He says, Yet means power. The power to see through that the haq becomes a reality. Right? See what I'm saying? That's what the yet means. It means strength. Strength for what? To see through that those things become a reality. Well, Abbasar, and what is Basar? Al Basar fi din. Like to see the haq as haq. فَوَصَفَهُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described them بِالْكَمَالِ because of their recognizing haq and their ability to see that it comes through. He says, now the entire creation is based on four levels. There are four levels. I'm getting a lot of categories today. Khair, inshallah, man. It's good notes, right? I mean, inshallah. Inshallah. <laughs> okay, so, so he gives four levels on these two qualities. Two qualities, four levels. He says the first level is the Anbiya, who have ultimate, complete basira and yet. And now I'm using the words basira and yet. Do you understand what I mean by that, everyone? What does the yet represent? Uh, Power yeah. to do what, though? So, so here's the deal. Let me make this really, really like uh, practical for us, guys. Um, if the scholars stop pointing out what is wrong, this is the first breakdown in our deen. If the scholars and the people of knowledge don't speak up and call a spade a spade, as we used to say, like call it out, then the second level completely breaks down. And that's why it's extremely important that your, 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 your scholars and the people that are guiding you um, are, are, are purely doing it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Regardless of what the people say, regardless of what the people like, they have to speak up to that truth because we can never even get to that second level of yet power to see it through if they're not calling it out. And that's why if you're stuck in a sin, the best thing you can do is still be at that first level of basair. What's basair? Seeing it, right? 
recognizing what it is is what it is. So he says, The first level is the Anbiya. We just read that level. Alright, Qasim? Got it? Okay. Number two. Al-Qismathani. Aksaha'ula. Complete opposite. Man la basira. They don't recognize no good or falsehood. None of it. They don't see any of it. Wala quwata ala tanfeed. And no quwa, no courage or strength to see that come through. Wahum akhtar al-khaz. Ibn Qayyim al-Jazdi, he's like, that's the majority of people. They don't even see the truth, nor do they want to like force it. And you know what, subhanAllah, we live it now where it's complete liberalism, right? Like, what is the justification for you, you know, doing what you do? Because I feel like doing it. And do I have any right in society to speak up about what you're doing? Well, if I'm not hurting no one, who are you? Who are you? So in the previous halakas, we talked about how a communitarian understanding was the lady down the street knew if she heard me swear, right? The lady down the street, if she heard me swear, she's giving me a smack. And guess what? By the time I get home, mom already knows. And I'm getting another one. But that whole right, see, that's yet right there. Like literally yet. Ulil Aidi, right? And Abu Saab. They're watching you for the little boy. Right? So, but no, seriously speaking here, that yet can never, that power to say, stop swearing, what are you doing? Will not happen now. Because that same 10-year-old would be like, who are you? Who are you? Who says what I'm doing is wrong? Who can call my action wrong? And, and, and the creation of safe spaces, literally a safe space means no yet. I mean, am I wrong? A safe space means no yet. It's like, it's like you're not my dad, but it never even meant Not only that, the word should or ought is taken out of the dictionary. There is no should. See, if I say you should not swear, there's an assumption of some higher ruling there that we all agree in. But if you take away should, you should not, I don't know, whatever. Now if I even say that, they're like, oh, wow, you're shimmering that up. That's what I'm saying. So that whole concept of should, it, it means I can't even, my, that lady down the street can no longer put the yet, but she can't even have the basira anymore. And I feel like that's a breakdown in society. We have the, this, this problem where bystander effect. Me and my students were talking about the bystander effect where someone sees something happening that as we watch the video, we're like, why won't someone do something? But how many times have you been told by someone, mind your own business? This has nothing to do with you. So after a while, you see something going down in the subway, right? Subway up north. <laughs> you know, subway's here, right? Is there? Ain't no buses here, forget that, right? That's a whole nother issue. But no, seriously, how many times have someone telling you that mind your own business, this has nothing to do with you, does that break down that like see something, say something? You know what I mean? So, so I think we really need to understand the implications here that as we continue to sin and as sin becomes more prevalent, this is his point. As sins become more prevalent and more regular, it weakens and blinds the heart. What is the blindness of the heart? Two qualities. Seeing the haq and, and having the strength to push through with that haq. Having the strength to push through with that haq. 
Okay, let's read a few more. That was the second, did we read the second category? Yes, that was the second category. SubhanAllah. Number three. Wallahi, I feel like the second category is where we're headed at. In a completely free society, that's where we're headed at. There is no changing anyone, and there is no uh, assuming an ultimate good for the society. Wallahu a'lam. Qismathad, the third one. Man lahu basira bil This person, you know, went to qalam, mashallah, right? They have basira bil They can see the haq. They can see it. They know what's up, right? Lakin dawfa da'if la quwata lahu They may not have this. They're going to have quwa, inshallah. Lakin da'if la quwata. They will, inshallah, right? So this person knows the haq but can't speak up. La quwata. Either for themselves, they can't force it to happen, or for others, they can't, they can't get it to happen in others and speak up about it. That's what he says, they can't even call to it. Like they know it, but they're too shy. The heart isn't strong enough to speak up to them. Okay? You know the hadith that says, Al-Mu'min Qawi, Khayru min Mu'min Da'if. Wa fi kullin khayr. Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Hadith Tirmidhi says, Al-Mu'min Qawi, Khayru min Mu'min Da'if. So when I heard this hadith, right, my teacher asked me, we were studying Riyadh Salihin, this was like some time ago. And I'm like, yeah, so Shaykh, this hadith, this is good, right? Like, we're supposed to be strong. He's like, what do you mean strong? I'm, I'm like, strong. He's like, nah, man. That's not what this hadith is talking about. This hadith is talking about something else. It's talking about that iman is strong. Wallahu alam, both meanings can be there, inshallah. Right? Inshallah, right? So, but this person is halil mu'min da'id. وَالْمُؤْمِنْ قَوِي خَيْرٍ But the mu'min qawi is more beloved by Allah. Understand this breakdown? This person has basira, knows what's up, but can't speak up. This is called al-mu'min da'if. Mu'min da'if. Because they don't have the strength to actually see that thing through. Alright, in the fourth category. Fourth category. مَنْ لَهُ قُوَّةٌ وَهِمَّةٌ وَعَزِيمَةٌ this person is strong, man. If they knew the truth, they would be on it. They're strong. They're like, yo, we're calling out this. You know, like, you know, so many people, man. Sean King and all of these great, you know, activists that speak out against injustices and all types of things, right? Like, they have that azima. We want correction in this world. They're speaking up against injustices. They don't have that criterion, those goggles, those glasses by which to look through, which will let them see that haq that revelation gives them. Do you get what I'm saying? They got the strength. They just don't have the lens of revelation to look through to see the what's haq and what's batil. They don't have that. Thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that. It's a, it's a blessing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <laughs> These people can't yumayyiz. We're going back to that word, mayyiza yumayyizu. What does mayyiza mean? They can't dis distinguish or dis differentiate between awliya or rahman, the friends of rahman, and the friends of shaitan. They can't distinguish the two. وَلَيْسَ فِي هَاُولَاءِ مَنْ يُسْلِمُ لِلْإِمَامَ فِي الدِّينِ وَلَا هُوَ مَوْضِعَ لَهَا سِوَى الْقِسْمِ الْأَوَّلِ He's like the imams of our, of our communities. They got to be number one. They got to be category number one. If you want to be a da'iyah, if you want to be, you know, uh, uh, someone working for the deen, doing work of the deen, he's like, you got to have number one. That's the level you have. 
What does Allah say? وَجَعَلْنَا مِنْهُمْ عَئِمَّةً يَحْدُونَ بِأَمْنِنَا لَمَّا صَبَرُوا وَكَانُوا بِآيَاتِنَا يُقِينُونَ He says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that through sabr and yaqeen is how they got to the level of being imam. Through sabr and yaqeen. He also says, if you look at uh, Surah Asr, وَالْأَصْرِ إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُصْرِ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالصَّبْرِ He says, look, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala connected what? Not only do they recognize the haq, but they do وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالْ What is وَتَوَاصَوْ? Encouraging it. That's what? That's the yad. That's the power. That's to see it through. So they have the haq, but that's not it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says everyone's in loss except for the people that have these two qualities. So Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi rahimahullah, this is a beautiful section and it's very important for the time we live in because no ma- as we commit more sins, what he's telling us is that heart becomes blind. It doesn't see haq anymore and it doesn't have that strength to see that haq through anymore. And that's something that we need to be careful of and protect our hearts from inshallah ta'ala. Allah give us tawfiq, man. I mean, because we're living at a time it's so hard to, to, to speak on, on truth. I mean, the trolls come out, yo. The keyboard warriors come out. Right? It's so hard to speak and, and, and have that, right? And then on top of that is to have the hikmah to do it correctly, too. I mean, so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, to make us of those people who have ulil aidi. Now I'm going to end with one thing. You know how that verse ends? It's beautiful. Allah says, Remember our servants, Ibrahim, those who have strength and Abusar. We already did that. But then Allah says, but we gave them one special quality. We, 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 we gave them something special. What was that quality? <inaudible> we chose them and gave them one special quality. They always remembered home. Like, remember home. Remember where you're going. That's a blessing from Allah. Don't get so caught up in this dunya, guys, that you forget about home. What's home? Yo, I'm just chilling. This ain't home. I'm not getting, we're not getting comfortable here, yo. We're like at an airport right now, man. We're at an airport. We're, we're traveling. We're on a journey. And the blessing that these three prophets have was dhikr ad-dar. They always remembered home. I'm going home. I'm going home. So constantly remind yourself, guys, I'm not at home right now. The moment you, you forget that, that's when the sins creep up. But the moment you remember, I got to go home. That's when the righteousness comes out. So this verse ends beautifully. Right? We bless them with one thing. I remember I'm going home. And you know what about remembering home? There's two beautiful things about remembering Akhirah. Whatever hardship you're going through, it makes it light. And whatever good you're doing, it makes it easier to do. You know, when you remember that, that, that it's just a short time I'm going back home, that hardship is lighter, yo. It's all good, yo, short time, man. Short time. It's not, it's not staying. And the same with the good, yo, praying, righteous, don't worry, a little bit longer, we'll be back home, yo. 
We chill out. We at your house, Victor. I'm coming through, y'all. Come through, bro. I'm coming through. I'm going to have to go up and get a pass. Got the shy ready here. Yo, the shy ready? All right, cool. Alhamdulillah. No, seriously, we got to... That's one thing we don't do. We're caught up. We're young. You know, everyone in this gathering is like, you know, pretty young, mashallah. Right? So we got so much life ahead of us. But the real life is ahead of you, man. This is short. This is short. You, this, this is nothing, man. This goes quick. That's the da right there. That's home. And, and I told the first year students, I call them my favorite verse, right? Surah Muhammad. Surah Muhammad, favorite verse. What's the verse? <laughs> I'm gonna end with this, inshallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, You know how you go to a place, uh, 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 it could be a resort, it could be a anywhere, but the first time you walk into it, it's like, I don't know where nothing is. You gotta get adjusted. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about Jannah that will enter the, into Jannah, they already know where everything is at. Like, yo, my pool is over there, the car is over there. You walk in knowing where everything is. So there's no feeling of like strangeness the moment you walk in. The moment you walk, because it's your home. It won't be home if I don't, I'm not used to it. It's only home in the moment I walk in. I know exactly where this is, exactly where that is. Let's and move it and put it somewhere else, right? <laughs> but I know where everything is immediately at home. Allah says that's how Jannah will be. You will walk into Jannah, you already know where everything is. Like I'm back, yo. Alhamdulillah. Where's everybody at? You know, so may Allah give us Jannah to for those, inshallah. May Allah, the purpose of this class, guys, is to study the effects of sins and realize how those sins affect us and how they harm us, right? So we went through various effects. And today the added thing is we broke down four levels of sins. So you can even see the sin that you're in, what you're looking like. Can I share something? All right. So, um... There's this one story I read. The story doesn't have to be true, all right? It's about a karama. What's a karama? Like a miracle. A mu'ajiza is a miracle from a prophet, right? A mu'ajiza. A karama is like a miracle from someone other than a prophet, right? So Umar bin Khattab had a bunch of karamas, right? And many sahaba had karamas, right? Miracles, things that break khurq al-adah, things that break the normal rules of, of, the, of, of, of the world. So one of the awliya, right? Whether you believe the story or not, I think you can still get the benefit from it. Listen to this. I read this story of an odia who used to stay in the masjid all the time. He would go straight from the masjid to his house, straight from the masjid to his house, straight from the masjid to his house. So one of his, uh, stop, so one of his students, he's like, Sheikh, Sheikh, you should get out, man. You know, you've been just masjid home, masjid home, masjid home. He's like, you should get out, man. You know, it, it, get some fresh air. You know, see, see the, go to the souk, man. Go to the marketplace. So the sheikh said, really? All right, come here. Sheikh took off his kufi, right? And put it on his head. Kufi. Khalensua. Topi. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> hat. All right, hat. He took off his hat and he put it on his head. Right? You don't have to believe it. It's beautiful. And he says, all right, go through the marketplace. So he put on the hat. I got the sheikh's hat on. All right, cool. And he's like, as I walk through the marketplace, I look at this person, and I see a body, but I see the face of a pig. He's like, I walk at this person, I see the body, but I see a face of a lion. I see, I look over here, I see the face of a dog. And he's like, yo! 
some trippy stuff right there. He runs back to the shake. He's like, shake, you stay right here. Because <laughs> you're seeing some other stuff. You know, why am I narrating that note? Seriously? Because we just talked about four types of sins. You can look at yourself and you see yourself doing something. You're like, what am I resembling right here? What type of animal am I resembling right here? What type of shaitan am I resembling through this action? You guys feel what I'm saying? You, you can see, Don't use this hat for someone else. Use this hat when you look in the mirror. What type of sin am, am I accustomed to? What animalistic type sin do I represent through this action I'm doing? You know what I'm saying? So Allah give us tawfiq, inshallah ta'ala, inshallah. So uh, just the uh, last thing, um, um, so uh, we're going back to Baltimore on Thursday next week. So we will have class, yes. We will have class next, this halaqa, I mean, we'll have this halaqa next uh, Wednesday night, inshallah, same time, yes? Okay, we'll have this halaqa, but the next one we're out of time, right? Yeah, so the next one, not next one, the next one we have, okay? So Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, no halaqa, thank you. Thanksgiving, no halaqa. Have your turkey, do whatever, do sugar, yoma sugar, okay? Yoma sugar. Yoma sugar. Okay, halaqa, halaqa. <laughs> Okay, question. Yeah, um, Chef, I had two questions. Yes. So um, the first question um, was, it's more, it's like a comment, but it is a question basically too. So you remember how you were talking about um, how basically to, to, uh, you gave the example of like, you know, the neighbor hearing you cuss and then like your parents yes. or whatever. Okay, so, th and like it takes a village, right? Yes. And so the thing is, is that unfortunately today, like in our society, it's very individualistic society. So the thing is, everybody is, and everybody cares about themselves. Everybody cares about their own sins, and they're pre preoccupied with everything that they're doing. And so, in our community, it's very difficult to, uh, like, preach to others or or, or advise other people yes. about the things that they're doing because number one, everyone cares about themselves, and, yes. and maybe they're maybe if they they're aware of their own self, they care about themselves. Yes. Or number two, there's it's just a very highly uh, is a very judgmental society. So the thing is, people don't care too much about other people, or they don't want to give that. So my question is one of my one or two questions. First question is, um, how do we? Because you look at the community of the Prophet said that yes. people cared about one another. Yes. And, that, and I think that that's one of the prerequisites for people working towards one another and yes. it takes a village is that you care about the other person and yes. that's the reason why you're advising So, So I'm with you 100%. I know, um, and we won't prolong this, I know it's been a long class, but we spoke last a few weeks ago about a community is, is a group of people who have shared values. A community is a group of people that have shared values. And just because you live next to people don't mean you are a community with those people. Um, so I feel that no matter how individualistic our society becomes outside the masjid, outside of the, the Muslim community, I feel like inside of our community though, our community, by community I mean shared values, we should be able to speak on haq, correct haq with wisdom, right? But you are 100% right. We used to play outside on the whole street, everyone played outside. That doesn't happen anymore, it seems like. Everyone's kind of on their own. And um, I, I don't think that is very healthy for us in the long run because everyone is worried about the next person. You know, like, 
you don't you don't you don't know each other anymore. You know, like we 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 see the story of uh, uh, the the African American family that was using the Airbnb, and the lady across the street calling the cops on them. Right now, my thing is, if the community was stronger, like you would know each other, you would know what's going on. Like uh, my our neighbors knew when we were going out of town. You know, they knew watch the house for them, feed the dog. Water the plants, pick up their mail. They understood that sense of community. So I, I think we do need to formulate our communities to have those shared values and not be so individualistic. I understand broad on the uh, national scale is going to be like that, but we need to have those pockets of shared values that our children can grow in those spaces. But you're right, it's very difficult, extremely difficult. Everyone's on their own. Huh? Would, would, um, would the ayah, Ya kind of. No, that's a misunderstanding of that. Ya yeah. O you who believe, take care of yourselves. One of the Sahabi tried to use that as a delil that I don't worry about what other people do. No, I, I meant the opposite. Like, wouldn't that be like, we need to we need to correct each other? Yeah, of course. Of course. The fact that we all share belief in Allah and His Rasul, and we have this concept of Amr bin Maruf means we have to correct each other. And we have to be open to correction. Because that correction keeps the whole community guided. Right? We can't slip into this thing where I'm on my own, I do what I want, who are you to say anything about me? Inside the community, that makes no sense. That makes no sense inside the community. Allahu Akbar. Khair, inshallah. It's been a long class. Jazakallah khair, inshallah. Thanks for coming out, inshallah. See you guys next week, inshallah. Wa akhir da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.